Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, everybody. Welcome to The Ruck on a morning of mourning for English rugby. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't script that. I just made that up. A morning of mourning for, for English rugby uh, when they're left in the position of having to beat Ireland on Saturday to finish fifth in the table, I think, which is not exactly how it's supposed to turn out. We've got a great panel to go through all the myriad issues on the weekend. First of all, the man we see as the uncle of the podcast and indeed of journalism, broadcasting and fly half play. It is difficult not to rise to our feet when he enters the studio. And he's come all the way t- uh, to us today from the seventh floor, is it? Yes, seventh From the seventh <laughs> brackets executive floor. Uh, he was carried in by uh, sweating slaves on a sedan chair. And he's joined us today, Michael Liner. Michael, um, we were just talking before we came on. Um, your family, Lewis and Tom, your sons, they face the biggest tug of war for their talents <laughs> in the history of rugby because I think I'm right in saying that they will all be available or eligible for England, Italy and Australia and the way England are playing I think you can put the red rose on, on now but how is that going to happen how is that going to work out in the family lounge when you have the conversation if as I'm sure you will yeah I've also got a third one Nicholas look they're in a good place at the moment we live here in, in London and uh, you know the academy setups and the school setups they're in I, I actually do believe that for a young kid there's not too many better places in the world for them to be learning than learning a bit of rugby and uh so they're enjoying it. That's the main thing for me. And if they have to make that decision later on, it, it'll be up to them. Right, Michael's clearly been got up by Eddie Jones already. For the <laughs> Steve James, uh, the, the uh, renowned uh, Times cricket and rugby writer, had not long returned, Steve, from a, a big tour of Australia and New Zealand. Yeah. I rather surprised you back because whenever I'm in New Zealand, I always attempted to ask for naturalisation. <laughs> And not come back, but uh, just. Yeah, I, saw, uh, I saw a few people out there who, uh, who mentioned you. Yeah, you're still just, very popular. Give, right Given my best, yeah. <laughs> but uh, but a great trip. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, six weeks, a little bit long, probably. I only saw eleven days cricket, I think, in, in six weeks, which is not great. Yeah, uh, the one day series against Australia was good. We beat them four one, um, but uh, the T Twenty not quite as good. So. But you, you, you really, you're not really in uh, in your career associated with the fusillade of sixes, but Mark, <laughs> but but rather more the classical way of batting. But are you coming round to the one day game a little bit now? Because it does have its its talents and it and its uses, doesn't it? 
Yeah, the, the the one day international game I really like is say that series was good, wasn't it? And yeah. they've just had a very good series against New Zealand. T yeah. twenty at international level, I'm still not sure about Trevor Bayliss seeing the coach mentioned that, didn't he? Yeah. He thought that he, he probably like shouldn't it. have played it at international level. I think it's more a domestic thing. Thank you, Steve James. Our third panelist has actually made more effort than anyone to be here. Last week she put to bed uh, an edition of Rugby World, um, f- of which she's editor. She then whizzed to Paris. She was working long into the early hours because she sat next to me in the press press room and was huffy with us whenever we were joking. As she wanted to get her work done. <laughs> At one one thirty a.m. in a pub in the Garden Nord, she refereed a verbal boxing bout between myself and Stuart Barnes. <laughs> She got up oh, at dawn next... That would have been very exciting. She, it, it was, I tell you what, no, I won. The ref had to stop it. Um, next day, she was up at dawn for a train from Paris to London, then straight on to Cardiff for the match and a command appearance on the Scrum 5 programme. At the moment, she's sure and fresh as a daisy. Sarah Mopford, congratulations on being here. Well done. Well done. It's my, obviously my greatest ever achievement. Steady on. Don't, I haven't asked you a question yet. Don't go too early. Uh, sat, <laughs> Saturday, as everybody knows, especially if you live next to an Irishman, the Grand Slam match for Ireland at Twickenham. And the first time they've ever gone there, with uh, Twickenham with the Grand Slam at stake. I'm full of uh, useless facts like that. They overcame Scotland on the weekend by uh, with a bit to spare. England, as we all know, have to uh, fight to avoid fifth place. Michael, um, strange times, really, but what you've seen of Ireland, it looks to me like they deserve to be up there. I think so. I think they've got a very good all-round game. I like how, even though, despite the fact that they've had quite a few injuries and that sort of thing, they seem to be able to bring in young guys to replace the ones that are there, and it all just seems to work pretty well. And from, from what I understand, that's something that... Schmidt and um, David Nusifora, who's been involved as well, have really planned for, you know, they've got a number of people that are all afay with the systems and how it all works, and they can just fit in very well. And it's they're a very good all-round team. They've got a lot of experience in various different positions, but then this young enthusiasm and some real tough nuts up the front as well, which, of course, you need in international rugby. And I, I've just been very impressed with them throughout the... Um, throughout the Six Nations and you know we, we look back to the I think the turning point of the Six Nations was um, when Ireland need to win in France right on the death there and they were a team that that's that's a sign of a remarkable team and I think what Johnny Sexton did that that day not only the drop goal at the end but the two kicks previous to that the 22 and then the cross kick though all of that needed to be precise and the team just backed him up really well. I just think they're a very good look, good side with a lot of depth and know what they're doing. They've brought players through as well this yeah. in this championship. Mm. And Wales and Scotland have done the same. That's one of my big worries with England. I mean, who, who have they really brought through? I mean, we've seen a bit of Sam Simmons, but I'm not sure he's a, a number eight at, at this level. He might have to try him mm. on, on the flank. You know, look, so look, some all, of the guys coming off the bench, they're all old guys we've, we've seen before. Absolutely. They, they, they haven't, haven't moved forward, have they? That's, I t- that's Steve, I, I, th- I totally agree. I think the other mm. teams have reacted to their big injury absence by, OK, well, they're out tough, yeah. in you come. Yeah. Sam Simmons, with great, with great respect, may become a, a great forward. He's not a big man. He tried no. to carry the ball twice in Paris. He was literally picked up and thrown yeah. backwards. He's not an number eight. Odd, this odd selection. Yeah. Sarah, um, just talking about Ireland, when you follow England, it's always a little bit confusing. They play as if confused. You get mixed messages in every press conference. With Ireland, 
Joe Smith didn't give press conferences because he didn't want to talk to anyone, that, which is one benefit for, for, for clarity. But they seem to know what they're doing and they seem to be united. It, wasn't there a huge contrast between the way that France, uh, England played and the way that we'd just seen before Ireland play against Scotland? Yeah, I mean, if you um, look at the two performances against France, I don't think England would have got a quarter of the phases together that Ireland did those 41 mm. phases to set up the Sexton drop goal. I don't think England would have got did they get any phase play beyond double figures on Saturday night? I don't think so. They're really clinical and they don't they can mix it up as well. So Stockdale on the wing just can't stop scoring, but also they've got the forwards who can drive it up um, from the t- tight close to the goal line. I mean, how many scrum halves would you see score the try that Connor Murray scored at the weekend? Mm-hmm. You know, just that brute force. And I think you're right, the players they've built brought through James Ryan I think everyone thinks he's going to come through and be their major force in the second row we know about Furlong Andrew Porter's done a job at Tighthead when he's needed to Mm. they've lost two outside centres in this championship and they got a third one in on Saturday Gary Ringrose who again was superb so they're just building depth across my only concern still with them is halfback yes Joey Carberry's looking decent as a backup to Sexton but who is the backup to Murray at scrum half? He's really going to come through. And if we saw at the last World Cup how injuries did hurt them in that area. They've moved, they've moved their game on as well, haven't they? I mean, since yeah, Smith's early days, I mean, they were very limited, weren't they? They basically kicked everything, didn't they, at the, at the start? I mean, you can see that progression. Can't and a bit, bit, of, bit of skill from Gary Ringrose, Steve, out yeah, the centre. Brilliant, brilliant player. He should have gone on the good. Lions tour. Oh God, that's 420 people with sugar on the lines too. They didn't do too badly with the ones they took. Mike, um, uh, uh, I mean, it's, very, it's all become very interesting for people back in Australia, I suppose, with, with Eddie. We're not used to, uh, well, at least I'm not used to um, the continual um, changes in stress and emphasis. Um, you know, yesterday he said, oh, well, the, the English public, we've, got to, we've almost got to give them him 18 months. Well, that is a complete denial of everything that international rugby we know we know is about. He complained last week because he only had the England team for 13 weeks a year. 13 weeks, one day in every four. I mean, as I wrote in the paper, I could become a ballet dancer. You could teach me to become a ballet dancer in 13 Can you do that? Can that be your challenge? I said on, but... but, I feel a reality TV show coming on. That'd drive the hits up on the (laughs) times.co.uk. All right, look, you're supposed to be tired. (laughs) Michael, um, I'm finding it very odd. Are there any surprises in the way that Eddie's Eddie's, uh, leading the charge here? Because it's confusing a lot of people. Yeah, I'm sitting in the same boat as everyone else. I'm, I'm reading the papers and reading the press and listening and watching the games, etc. And yeah, you're right. There's, you know, there was one moment after the Scottish match there where it was said that you know we can fix the breakdown, um, in, in you know in, in a week or so, and it's it's, a, it's an easy fix. And now we've got to be being told that it's 18 months, and there's a lot of blame going around. But gee, I don't know. You know, I, I thought that England about a f- few weeks ago just out of form. They're a team out of form. But I think it's a little bit more in-depth than that now. They've seemed to, as you rightly wrote a few weeks ago, they seem to have plateaued. And, you know, there's some really big decisions to be made now. I mean, he's almost backed himself into a corner a little bit, whether he sticks with some of the tried and tested. Um, are they, uh, have they plateaued and that's it? 18 months out from a World Cup, do we, do, does England need to look forward to that? I think they're decisions that have to be made. Steve, and, I, and it's Steve, quite important that he does actually, it soon. I actually think it's a bit of a shot to nothing this game on Saturday for Eddie Jones. I, I don't think a lot of people expect them to win now. So mm. I think he might be able to make some of, some of the selections that he probably hasn't been brave enough to, 
to make before. Yeah, but but but, but he's, he's seen as a bold coach, but I've never seen that or yeah. in his coach or strikes. But are I mean, you yeah. saying are you saying that it's all on it's well all or nothing? So he can really pick make six changes or what? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I mean, yeah. as I said, before, I, I'd give Simmons a go at at seven. Um, mm. You know, I, I think Robson's got to go back at back at six. I might play Haskell at eight. I thought Haskell and Sinclair made a big difference big when difference. they when they came on. There's another one. Sinclair. I mean, there was yeah, Sinclair and last there was some some go forward. I mean, that's been the big problem with England isn't it? in this campaign. I think they miss Billy Vinopola like like crazy. Like nobody can can, can say how much they uh, have. Just, just before we ask Sarah to, to, to for a couple of people she'd bring yeah. in, and let's let's just deal with the Rob Shaw question. Yeah. To me, a, for a man to be called industrious in an international rugby match is the absolute minimum. How can you be not industrious? You're playing for your country. Industrious is not enough. He has no... And, and someone said to me the other day, my colleague Nick Kane, he said, do you know what? In the modern era, in the modern game, you can really look um, busy and be doing nothing. And actually, that is what Rob Shaw is at the moment. Yeah. He's making no forward impact for England whatsoever. And there are a number of others as well. S but Sarah... Um, who would you who would you bring in? Steve is saying he's almost got open field to change the team. Well, he's got to make changes in the back row because Laws and Hughes are both out now. Yeah. So it'll be really interesting who he picks at eight. Does he go for Haskell? He's brought your fave Don Armand in. Um, is he going to give him a shot? So there's so many decisions there. I think he could easily pick Owen Farrell to start at ten. And, um, He's got to do that. I think yeah. that would be it would be good to see that, and I'd also like to see Henry Slade at thirteen because I'm a really big fan of Henry Slade. I think if Henry Slade had been fit when Eddie Jones first came in, we'd probably be seeing a very different England team. We probably would never have seen the Ford Farrell, this axis that's been the base of everything for the last two years. But, to totally agree with Mock. Is there? Yeah, Farrell at ten, Tio at twelve, Slade at thirteen. That would be my. Michael, um, you, you had the same problem with Mark Harrell a long time ago in 1984. You switched, uh, then you switched back easily. First of all, is it easy to switch between those, those two positions? And secondly, is Farrell now the man in this time of crisis to go back to 10? Um, yes, it is easy to switch. Um, well, it was back in my day, whether it is the same at the moment. Yes, I think it is. Do I think Ford should go? Um, I'm, I'm a little bit in disagreement with people here. I just felt that the problem at 10 is a, a, a direct relationship to what's going on in front of him. I think if you put a the best 10 in the world there um, behind a pack that's not going forward with slow ball, it's very difficult for them to do anything. Um, but the I, I'd probably give that another go. I really would. Although, as you say, Steve, it's um, it's time to maybe look at something else. This yeah. is an opportunity to do that. We know what Ford and Farrell can do there, so maybe it's time to move forward. I, I just don't think that Ford deserves all the blame for the no, activity of the but back don't, line. But don't, don't some firehouse make a better fist of it when they're on the back foot? Yeah, than, that's than, true. Than maybe, maybe but that's Ford where Owen Farrell. That's where he's he's there anyway. So you can do that. It's a bit. Um, yeah. he, he could actually sort of fit in there and do that well you've got two playmakers there. The, the, the one change that I would make in the backs um, apart from sort of um, the ones you've discussed there would be to put Elliot Daly at 15 yeah, I think I totally he's probably the most yeah. talented player and the informed player even though he's been out with injury <laughs> he's the most informed player and the 
talented player in that team and I just feel putting him at 15 would be a much better position for him to play would get him more touches on the ball which is always a good thing Watson I like move him to the wing that's, that's where I, I totally, feel he's yeah, better I totally agree with that um, that would be a positional change Dane is a better reader of the game I think but Dane is a superb reader of the game and frankly people keep on about this defensive weakness that he's meant to have I would bring him as close to the action as possible I'd bring him 13 I'd just try him at 13 because I mean at least you're not taking massive impact in terms of in, of, of um, defence there but uh, Sarah we're talking about the backs here and, and sort of blaming the backs and weaving them out but there's an old adage that it, unless you go forward at, up front uh, it doesn't really matter who you've got there you can have, that's you my can point have, exactly you can have Michael and uh, yeah, Jonathan yeah. Davis now Eddie <laughs> Eddie's first promise <laughs> Eddie's first promise when he came in his first press conference at Twickenham he, uh, uh, one of the senior and best looking journalists asked him the following question Eddie are you going to restore the English heritage of forward power he said absolutely where is the evidence of that the scrum was 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 fairly weedy bailed out by the ref I thought lineup was okay where was the power and the energy my biggest issue with... Um, it was with Billy Vinopolo. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, sitting at home watching TV. Um, I just think they just don't seem to um, support each other well enough. You had too many isolated runners. That's why France were able to get so much turnover ball. Is Their players were just going into contact and there was no one quick enough to support and ruck out the French defenders. And that's why they've really struggled in that area and why they can't they haven't learnt this like, there's just no ability to react and adapt during a game it's like if they haven't if it's not happening how they imagined it would they can't change their plans mm. and I think that's the biggest concern like Scotland after the Calcutta Cup said they never thought they would get as much freedom as Nigel Owens gave them at the breakdown Barkley and Watson reacted to that and started having much more of a dig around in that area whereas England just carried on standing off and they're just too predictable and allowing other teams to take control of the breakdown. Steve, this thing about Tim, you must we've got to learn about the breakdown. Surely the, the modern day, you go out there and you see what the ref's doing and then you, you react. You don't you don't yeah. take eighteen months, you do it there and then surely. Yeah, I mean, that was I mean, would Sam Warburton be sp- sp- saying, Oh, we're gonna take three months to run at the back the, Well, the I mean that's that's why Sam Warburton's so good, isn't it? Because he is so good at uh, at seeing what's going on mm. and, and reacting to it. I mean that was a big And problem. Richie McCaw too. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, David Pocock. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Um, but England England haven't got a player like that. Well, they have. They just haven't got any of them in the The breakdown wasn't a problem a few months ago either, was it? You know, it wasn't a problem a few months ago. If you go on the front foot, the breakdown is a lot easier, isn't it? When Billy Vinopolo was there at the start of Eddie's reign, he was smashing over the game. Because Billy Vinopolo can make yards from a standing start. There are not Mm. many players in the world who can do that. Mm. No. Um, Vinopolo can do that. And they just, they worked on that um, ruck and run principle that Japan used, didn't they? Mm. Vinopolo got over the game line quickly. The others came in, smash, smash people out of the way. Quick ball, Ben Youngs is quite useful. And, like but that. then it was also with Billy getting over the game line, it made it easier for the Launchburys and Laws and these other yeah. sort of runners that actually carry as well. They yeah, kept yeah. going because the defence is on the back. But, foot. but in but the side of the moment, there's, there isn't a carry like that, is there? I mean, Laws is probably the only carrier. They, they, he, they're they're going to miss him, aren't they? Well, they're well, going to Mac- miss him. Maca was there as well, but he but was a bit he's, ineffective he's lost, as well. Uh, mm. Yeah, I think he's tired, isn't Hartley he? Hartley as well was a carrier, but they've sort of just lost that. They seem to have lost that impetus. So who's going to carry on Saturday without Laws? That's, that's Courtney Laws, I don't know what you think, Sarah, but Courtney Laws is always been one of my favourite players. But he has expressed his own um, uh, problem that his weight, he can't put enough on. Wish, no, I, I, had, wish I had that problem. <laughs> <laughs> well, he, C- C- Courtney is, is, is underweight as far as I'm concerned and he's a string bean. 
and I think he's lost something as well. Great player though he is, good lineup. I I think he's lost the carrying as well. Yeah, I remember looking at him um, when they were playing Wales at Twickenham and thinking, "Cory looks really slim." Slim, yeah. Like, and you know, mm. you'd never really associate that with him. He's always been a bit gangly, but you mm. still thought he had the power. But yeah, I definitely think that he's sort of lost that edge. And you remember on the Lions tour, he was the complete opposite. He was making the charges. He was one of the standout um, players on that tour and was unlucky not to be involved mm. so much. So it was a. It seems a st- strange that this season he's not having the same. So you know. saying that though, if he'd have been fit, I'd have still I'd have picked him in the second yeah, half yeah, for, okay. for Saturday, and then you'd have had to leave out one of Launchbury or I chose. The other thing that I, I make a comment about England, look at England over the last two games against Scott against Wales as well, the last three, I actually felt England looked tired. They actually look tired towards the end of games when they're supposed to be the super fit team and win games in the last 20. They look tired and almost, should, should I say, it's stale to me. They just sort of, you talk about laws there, which sort of reminded me a little bit about it. You know, do you think that they might have overtrained? Well, a bit? there's a suspicion, isn't there? I mean, a lot, a lot of players have been asked about it. They're not going to admit that. Though, no, they? no they're, they're not going to admit it. Yeah, but they did look. They look tired to me. I would say, though, against France, though, it was in that last 10 minutes that they actually started to mm. deliver something, but maybe that's because then you had Sinclair and the likes on who were yeah. gaining a yeah, bit they, more they yardage. Made big, they made a big difference. So, so. Yeah. They did, they, I mean, I'd say, as well as overtrained, I'd say overcoached, they just looked so totally confused to me. And I think we come to the point, you know, when they played Australia at uh, summer of 15? 2016. 2016. That's the last time they were were so good, but they have not remotely approached that, and that is disturbing. Now, we're coming to... Can I uh, just ask one question about the France game? Mm -hmm. Do people think England would have played better if they didn't have the pressure of having to score four tries because of the bonus point system? Mm. They'd have to win the game. For well, the yeah, they still would have had to. They never no, really they came into it. No, they well, they didn't seem to never... approach it by wanting no. to score tries. They no. went for the points, but I just wonder whether that made them more uh, the bonus inhibited. The other thing I'd like to say about England as well, and this is something that I felt that the All Blacks suffer from a little bit as well. When, when the team gets behind that aren't used to getting behind, when you've won 24 games in a row or something like that, and you think everything's sort of, it'll happen, it'll come, and then you st- panic sets in. And people don't really know what to do because they're not used to that situation. You know, and I, I, the All Blacks suffer from that, I think. And it, it's all very well to say, let's get momentum against the All Blacks. That's very hard to do. But mm. when you do, you can see that they're sort of panicking a little bit because they're not in those situations very often and don't know how to react to it. Isn't that when you need that the leaders, in, though? That's yeah, when you need exactly. It. And that's, that's another thing that I think is very strange because Eddie says he's got these leaders in Hartley and Brown and these sort of people... And they get taken off right mm. at the right at the key moments, like the last thirty minutes, last twenty five minutes. I, I just, That's a strange one. I just I can ask you in a minute what where, where we think it'll go, but let's just t- talk about Ireland just just briefly. And incidentally, um, um, we're talking now about a back row which I think we've almost sort of agreed on, and that would be someone like in my well, in my opinion would be Don Armand, Haskell eight, and 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 Sam Simmons at open side. You got Don Armand, who, who Eddie Jones has not wanted to know, who's he's been the outstanding player. In the, James Haskell has not played number eight for donkey's years. And Sam Simmons, who's all sent up to be a number eight, has had very little experience on the flank, especially open side. Mm. And now we're saying that's the best back row, and it might be the best back row. And yeah. that, that's how... That, that's, but what, and, are the, what are the other options? I'd still play Robshaw at six. Yeah, I'd play no. Robshaw at six, Haskell at eight, 
and then I think whoever, a place whoever, whoever, I think that's a better balance. Well, at least you know, be, you at know, least it'll be industrious. No, no, but you, I think you can get away with being industrious at six. I think that's the one position that's where you probably where you're can. supposed to be. Industrious, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay, I mean, the, the, you could do with him being a better carrier, someone like Kaino. The, but. The, the other thing is, I mean, we we press seem to take a lot of stick when we give England stick, and as if, as if we're anti-English, we want them to lose. <laughs> we, we actually, it, it improves the lot of all journalists in Fleet Street if England are going well and suddenly we're not competing with football anymore which is yeah. what we're always doing yeah. so we want that we want to to win we want them to do well and we want them to, to entertain and I would love to see get some big hard forwards including Armand in my team and let's go let's go daily somewhere where he can make an, a difference let's keep um, um uh, Watson at fullback. Let's bring um, uh, Slade in there, and let's at least get, get mm. give someone to get the crowd off their feet and get them back on side. Because if you'd been in the bar with us, Sarah, on uh, on Saturday, Sunday morning early, the people were not happy, were they? The not thing I'd say about happy. that as well is Ireland can be opened up, can't they? I yeah, mean, I mean, especially out wide. I, think. I mean, Wales, Wales uh, had no possession and nearly yeah. nearly snuck that game. Yeah. Same with okay. Scotland. Scotland opened them up a lot, but, but, I mean, but whether I, England can play in that manner is, is another question altogether. But they definitely can be open up, Ireland. Look, they can look. Anyone can be can can lose away from home. Almost everyone, apart from as Michael said, uh, Ireland and France have lost away from home. I just think they're big and hard, and I think I don't think they'll react badly to wanting the Grand Slam. I think they're big and hard, and England have got it all to do. When you say furlong. You, you you compare his 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 input into a game with say Cole, big man dominates the scrum. Is not elegant in the loose, but he gets about the field and and with Sexton there, ring rose with the possibility of maybe not in defence yeah. but in attack. Carney, uh, if he's fit, has come back played really well. Yeah, I think it would be take an unbelievably bad effort by Ireland to 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 lose the game but you I, never yeah. know I, I, I agree with all that and England were woeful on, on Saturday in Paris yeah. but Twickenham was a hard place to win isn't it for, yeah, it is. for, for a side going there the, the, England, England will raise their game they, they won't want Ireland to, to win that Grand Slam especially after what Ireland did to England last year exactly mm -hmm. let, let's just go along Mike um, mm -hmm. do you see it only going one way or tight or, or what is there anything England could do technically tactically from the heart to, to, to change it around I thought why I actually think Ireland will win. I, I thought that their their celebrations seemed to be reasonably subdued um, last weekend, and they've got a job to do. They want to win this Grand Slam and 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 beating England and doing so. I just think that they're a, a team that's in more confidence mode than mm. say England, which is in more crisis mode. Sarah, uh, any any luck, any chance for England at all? Yeah, I definitely think there's a chance. Mm. I think it'll be tight, but I agree with Michael. I think Ireland will win. I think there's. These t this Ireland team may have won championships, but very, very few of them have won a Grand Slam. I think Carney and Best are they the two that were involved in two thousand and nine? Mm. Sexton spoken about how he was didn't he was part of it, but didn't feel like he was a key member of the team. This is the the real target for them, and I think the Ireland need a Grand Slam to keep pushing mm. forward. I think they've had they've won championships, they've beaten New Zealand. This would be like another step on that road to 2019. Mm. Steve, uh, you, you want a few changes to lift the yeah. spirits, do you think? But do you, you think England have got a good chance? Yeah, I'd like to make this prediction having seen the England team because I think that's going yeah, no, to sure. be a big difference. Yeah. I, I think Ireland probably will win, but I wouldn't be absolutely shocked if, if England did win. I, I yeah. still go back to that, that mm. Twickenham factor. This is the Ruck. We'll be back soon. Literally, <laughs> this is the Ruck. We'll be back after this. Hold <laughs> up. <laughs> 
A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science, with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, we're going to move straight on now to, to the Welsh. Put away Italy in, in a certain style. Steve, you, just, you thought, as you said in the time this morning, Possibly not spectacular, but with a with a much changed side, competent. Yeah, I think they'll be highly satisfied actually with that performance. Wales, um, you know, they made they made ten changes. Um, you could see the way they're trying to play again. You know, they are looking to play with a, a lot more ambition. Um, you know, fair play to Warren Gatland. He, you know, it's quite gutsy in a way. Some of those decisions he made. You know, playing James Davis and Tipperick in the in the back row. I mean, they played two open sides before, but when when one of them, Sam Warburton, is slightly different because he can play six, can he? Tipperick mm. and James Davis are two genuine open sides, and uh, yeah, I suppose there was a little bit of a worry that Italy might have got to them up front. But um, I mean, it helps getting two tries in the in the first five minutes, which gives you a bit of a buffer. But is, um, I is think James they, is James Davis the player he's cracked up to be in many quarters? It's hard to say after one game, isn't it? Mm. I, I thought he did okay yesterday. He, he wasn't outstanding, was he? He, mm. he did some good things. He got a turnover early on, which Wales got a penalty from and and, and scored. Um, he made so, a couple of glaring errors, and there was a stupid penalty for mm. a little late late challenge, wasn't there? Um, and he, he dropped the ball he shouldn't have dropped, really. But I, I think it was okay. But you know, Wales have just got. Such riches in that position, haven't they? Mm. We, we, we'll just come to, to Michael in, in a minute about Italy, but Sarah, um, who came through for Wales who we didn't know about, or who played really well, who's not been playing too well? Well, I'll just start, say, give my opinion. This isn't we obviously know about him, but I think George North now getting back to his best. Okay, yeah. Lions tour. It was it was a horrible sight to see him. Yeah. He looked tentative. He didn't back himself when he went into contact. He looked really sort of. It was just going in within himself. He didn't have any confidence, whereas now he's attacking the gain line. He doesn't mind taking the contact, even if it's getting stuck in. Didn't he win a turn over yesterday? Mm -hmm. Um, He's... Like obviously he had all those problems with concussion. I think now we're seeing him come yeah, to definitely. come back. I mean, he looked good when he came off the bench didn't he, against England and Ireland. If so, you can yeah. see that sort of progression. The, the one person I'll mention is Hadley Parks. Yeah, oh, I, fair I, point. I think yeah. he's turning into a, a proper international inside as a, centre as a twelve. Yeah, 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 definitely. I mean, he, he just doesn't make mistakes, doesn't he? He, mm. he really looks at home in in the international game. So okay. I, I, I think Wales have, have found their twelve there. You know, whether he should be playing. As a, a, d- a different matter, but I, I think they found their twelve. They're different. Yeah. Michael, um, j- just a word on Wales from you, and, and also your, your thoughts on you know obviously Italy still close to your heart in your in your rugby career. 
Uh, in fact, no matter about your sons, if you were, if you wanted to play now, you'd probably get back in as well. But um, <laughs> Wales, did they impress you? And Italy, are they still marking time, running on the spot? Uh, just to answer the Wales question first, I, I actually think Wales are in a pretty good place at the mm. moment. I, I actually think they should have beaten England. Um, mm. They had all the ball in the second half. Just a little bit more of nous and experience may have got them across the line, and belief may have got them across the line there. But... Um, there's some good players coming through. I, I also like the sort of environment that Gatlin's provided there that gives people a chance to, to come and have a, have a go. Um, and when they do, they seem to be having a licence to actually play their game. Sarah, um, Sarah you, 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 Mike, Mike, it is developing the sense that this season, however bad or good Wales have been, we all know there could be seven Lions back next season, good ones, not just... Mm. Well, I think players. that's no. the thing. All the doom and gloom before this tournament was, oh, they've got eight Lions out, the injury mm. list is horrendous. But actually, they've probably, at the end of this tournament, they could be in the best position because they have now got so much depth. They could probably pick three different back rows mm. and they'd still be all be decent. Like, the selection for this weekend... Mm. is going to be really it, tough. You're mm. absolutely right. And you look at fly half, which is a very, very important position. They've, yeah. they've, got, they've got three fly halves of use through this tournament. Yeah, and it all offers something a little bit different. Yeah, yeah. and I thought Am- Amstram was very good yesterday when he mm. played. And, uh, Do you think, um, they'll, think they'll pick him next week, Amstram? Uh, Rather than bigger for... Quite possible. I'm just about to, d- about to uh, disagree with my uh, f- distinguished yeah. fly half background with one of the great fly halves. No, I do like him, but uh, Dan Bigger for me is a, for- oh, no, is no, a no, force of nature in, in the Six Nations in all the <laughs> the sound and fury. I'd always have him. I thought on the Lions tour. In a sometimes dodgy midweek team, he was absolutely. Brilliant. Oh no, I agree with that. He's I, a great competitor. I think that yeah, yeah. you know maybe I, I, if they're all available, he's he's the number yeah. one Welsh fly half. I, I'm not okay. disagree. I'm just saying that your your question was whether he'll yeah, pick yeah. Anscombe. It depends what sure. Warren at Gatlin wants to well, do. Let's in pick, that sense, let's pick the Welsh back row for next weekend. Then as Mockers. Oh God. Uh, well, Falatau's got to be number eight. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's the obvious one. And I think Navidi deserves to come back in at seven. Okay. Because I just think he's had a really good tournament and was unlucky not to play. Steve, your back row? Hey, you haven't let me pick a oh, six sorry, yet. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Um, well, yesterday I actually Stropping. had a very interesting conversation with Andy Robinson and he would pick Tipperich at six. He thinks he can... Um, play that position really well but I think that would be really harsh on Shingler to I be wouldn't, fair I wouldn't do that against a no Tibrick would be industrious <laughs> no he, he, he'd struggle I'd go Shingler at six but probably only because Ross Moriarty I don't think Ross Moriarty is fully fit he hasn't yeah. been fully fit this, if he was fully fit I'd, I'd reckon I might play him at six so I'd have yep. Shingler six yeah Falato eight and then it is a tricky choice between Navidi or, or Tibrick at, uh, just, at, at seven just going Steve briefly to a wider issue last week he did an excellent piece on with Sam Warburton yeah, who really d- reached deep inside himself yeah. and um Indeed, because is the, you know is the man that everyone yeah. he's the man everyone thinks he could be, and he yeah. is. Yeah. Um, Sam was um, taken aback by you know the severity of his own injuries, mm. taken aback by the severity of the game, and also applauded the fact that Maro Itoji was injured because it's the only way he gets a rest. Yeah. From a nice guy and a wise man like that, yeah. isn't it amazing that no one reacts to it in officialdom? No one ever says, look, we look at the fixtures or anything like that. Well, you'd hope they'd read that article, um, mm. even though it was written by me. <laughs> mm. um, yeah, I mean, he, he was talking about the the length of the season as well, wasn't he, Some about how you just cannot, you know, you cannot extend it. 
Yeah. You said anybody making that decision has never played a game of professional rugby in their lives, which, which, is, which is so true, isn't it? But surely we can't say we can't extend it. It's got to be chopped. But you congratulations. I mean, it was it was a good point, wasn't it, that he made, that you know, a lot of the time these days, the only time you do get an extended rest is, is, when, is, is when you get injured. Oh, I mean, great. I, I, and Sam's lucky. I mean, he's he's got a year out of the game. Um, yeah. I think the big thing to take out of that was it's good to hear that he does want to play again because I, I think he's had some quite dark days there sure. before, before Absolutely. Christmas. He had a neck operation and a knee operation and I think there was probably a time when he thought that might be it. Yeah, I, I was might, very impressed play. with um, that article and what Sam had to say there. That yeah. was a relatively brave thing to oh, say. He was very honest with And him. also yeah. I watched him on TV yesterday for the Italian game and I, th- I was really impressed with the way he spoke and what he said and how he hmm. and the things he commented. Hmm. I, it was just very impressive. Man. That, I mean, that's why the, the governing body should be listening to what... No, that, sure. You know, he's Captain Alliance twice, isn't he? And but, he, but, he's got a bit of a statesman-like uh, sure. appearance to him these days. I, so say, they should I, be listening to him. I say it's two things. Everyone says, oh, we got leaders. Well, that's a leader. Yeah. And secondly, I know I rattled you when, when Slotty won that Rugby Writer of the Year. And I know that was the f- your first... Um, <laughs> that was the first part of your plan to take over... With the take over the crone. I mean, I wouldn't say you were bitter, but you, you took it badly, and I think that was an excellent start. Slotty would be coming back in a day or two. Slotty didn't want that piece to go in, you know, he told me. Sarah, um, can we just go on to... Um, just go on to France. I think the three of you, well, at least two of you, when we were talking before and said, what well, actually, England didn't really have to have to beat very much. But I thought France were much improved. One of their two of their big forwards were better, and I thought they had some some clue behind the scrum. I thought even Tran Duke played quite well. But no? Are they still no, bad? I just don't think they were... As, like, I don't think they were amazing. I thought it was a game between two... Like, lacking in quality by two average sides, really. Michael, did you not see anything... I I was just going to say I think Kamara (laughs) was very good at seven I think he's a really good player and I really like you didn't rate him at all in your match report but Remy Grosso I've probably pronounced that really badly but on the wing I think is a really real shining light for them and I think he's he seems to get stuck in quite a lot. Likes to has a high work rate, so interesting to see how but, he comes but, through. But they're not the French of old as, you, as we no, loved them. Mate. What but they were better than the last time they played. Yeah, which was yeah. I must admit wouldn't be hard. But <laughs> they seem to be much more um, motivated, enthused, etc. And that grew throughout the game. Now, whether that was the chance to to uh, kick England, I think that was very much part of that. And as they sort of got more confidence throughout the game I think they grew but they are a limited they looked a pretty limited outfit to me there was some brilliant individual stuff that went on and all that sort of thing and um, yeah I, 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 you know I don't think they're a great team but I dread to think what the score lines will be from their summer tour to New Zealand oh, God knows. especially yeah. when you consider they probably won't even be able to take all their players because I, 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 I thought they were a little bit better but I didn't think they were that good. So, no. so, I actually so, thought so, it was a, that was a low-quality test match. That but game. with with Alan Wynne Jones back for Wales and all all oh. their big their best forwards, do you think the Wales will be too good for them? Yeah, I think Wales probably will win. They, they, they've mm. got a good record against France recently, especially in Cardiff. I mean, Wales will have to change their side, but they love both props back probably. When yeah. they Rob Evans and Sampson, the Alan Wynne Jones will okay. come back. But the, the French are a pretty emotional sort of bunch, and that's what I'm saying during that game. You know that. They actually grew in that game to, mm. oh, look, we can win this, let's go. And they tried really hard to lose it at the end with Boxies kicking it <laughs> that was unbelievable, into the centre that, field. That unbelievable. Um, but I think a, a rejuvenated, sort of confident French side can be a dangerous side. I still think Wales will win, but yeah. 
I wouldn't be taking them very lightly, as I know. What what, Wales, Wales win, they, they finish second in the table. I mean, they'll, yeah. they'll be very happy with oh, it. Okay. Yeah. Italy, I mean, look, very disappointing. And you know, they, the game was over after five minutes. They were fourteen points down yeah. due to solely two almost inexcusable errors, just mm. silly schoolboy errors. And that's Italy's problem. They they're competitive for large parts of the game, and then a, a silly defensive error or mistake it with the ball in hand. And that then costs them points. And then the last 20 minutes, they always tend to fade because they just don't have the depth of other teams. Having said that, that I do think Zebre and um, Treviso this year have played better. Most Not had, Probably haven't mm-hmm. got the results they sort of wanted. Their under-20s is coming along well, but it's still a long-term fix there for me. So they made so many errors, you see. Oh, it's just uh, so frustrating. It must be a nightmare to coach. Sure. Let's I like, like the fullback though. Um, Minotzi. Yeah. Minotzi. Yeah. Looks great. And pace. Negri as well. Negri. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Okay, we're going to move on now to the other six nations, um, which had a, its own climax on uh, Saturday evening. Very difficult to follow it because it wasn't shown on any French TV we could find, Sarah. But uh, at the end of what was an amazingly exciting game with uh, Nip and Tuck and the Leeds changing hands in front of 17,000 people at Grenoble, sadly for English. Fans, they were they were they were beaten in the last act, or yeah, almost the last act. Katie Daly McLean scored a penalty just, I think it was like the seventy sixth minute. But then Jesse Tremoulet, again probably bad for French pronunciation, scored mm. in the final minute. Um, try so France won eighteen seventeen. So that was basically the Grand Slam decider. They were the only two unbeaten teams in the tournament. Um, so France now go to Wales, and we'll probably wrap up a Grand Slam on Friday night. England play Ireland in Coventry. Um, and we'll probably finish second. But they're also, so firstly, great crowd there, 17,440, which I think is an international record for a women's game. Quinn's also had a UK club record for their game against Richmond, which was just under 5,000, I think. Mm. Um, whether they would have got more if they'd played it on, not on a Six Nations weekend, I, I don't know, but they would have at least had their internationals. Sarah, you, you're, I think you've been a little bit kind there. <laughs> What marketing person is going to put on a big game on the same day as as two internationals on the television? But carry on, it was a good crowd. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, yeah, two other really good results yesterday just for the tournament as a whole. Italy beat Wales 22-15 at the Principality Stadium and Scotland beat Ireland 15-12. Chloe Rolly, who's the sort of star fullback for Scotland, really impressed there. So but that was a, that was an absolutely magnificent win because Scotland, their record of, had hardly beat anyone. And now, now yeah, last year away. they had a really good season. Like for In recent years, they've always been hammered. They've, been really, they've really struggled, but they've put a lot more focus on that. Now they've got four professional players, I think, who play out in France, including Chloe Rolly, Jade Conkle, Lisa Thompson. And they so that's helped, and they've got Shade Munro there, who's a really experienced coach. So they've sort of put a lot more focus on the women's game. I think the fact they missed out on the World Cup last year has really sort of driven this push to make sure they're maintaining standards. They beat Wales last year, and now they've beaten Ireland this year. So it's a massive win for them. The controversial side of this, of course, is that England and France are up for the Grand Slam, and they should. One of them should win it every year, but England, with all their investment, should win it, and yet they've just lost it with a huge number of players away at the sevens. It's happened again. I don't think that necessarily having any of the sevens players in would have made that much difference. France it only had really to make one team. score difference. Yeah, but that's. I just think that's a really great competitive game. I don't know whether if you had Emily Scarrett in there, that would have meant that they would have won that fixture. There's some really good, like Ellie Kildun at fullback, 18, she's studying her A-levels. She's been phenomenal in this tournament, like a real breakout star. So I don't think 
just throwing in a couple more of the Sevens players would have meant they would have won that game automatically. That would have been just as competitive a fixture. So Emily Scout wouldn't have made any difference. The greatest no, player the greatest games ever seen. <laughs> I'm saying gonna, it so wouldn't have made a that. difference to the result. I don't know if it would have made a difference to the result. They might still have lost. I would have been okay, but surely you've got to give yourself the best chance you possibly can. Yeah, I mean, I don't necessarily 70, agree. Seventeen thousand, particularly that there aren't any sevens events. There's no World Series leg on at the moment. They had mm. one in January in Sydney, and then there isn't one until the end of April. So why people can't play both, I'm not sure. To 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 just very quick geographical things, Australia. Um, mm. Um, Mike, they, they're finally getting the 15s game together there? Yes. yes, yes, yes. There's been a Super W tournament that's being um, played. Um, uh, started last weekend. Queensland played New South Wales. Western Australia played, I think it was the with the Rebels um, team from Melbourne. So, yeah, yeah, it's really getting into shape. Good okay. sponsor as well, Build Corp, sponsoring that, uh, that tournament. Your, actually, Build Corp actually pulled out of sponsoring the national championship. Correct. Because the ARU hadn't delivered on their promise to create a 15s tournament for the women mm. so it's actually sponsor, like monetary pressure that's mm. led to that I'm re- really pleased with that because whenever I've seen the Aussie 15s girls team recently they've been the, the forwards have looked like overweight and under trained because they've only just come into the system and I think that's wrong I think 15s has got, has got to be and also in New Zealand now they have actually have their own system with a certain amount of money available to them yeah I'm not a, I haven't read enough about this today but I just had an email saying that the black they're giving out 30 contracts to the black ferns mm. I don't I doubt it will be that they'll be full time, but it's okay. obviously remuner- remuneration for um, training, travel, all those mm. sort of things which before they wouldn't have had. So it's great to see those countries do that. You just hope more will do it. Okay, and uh, thank you very much. That, that's uh, well, well, we'll definitely be coming back to that. But uh, France, France champs this year, and um, the big headline from today's podcast is uh, Sarah uh, Savage's uh, superstar Scarrett. <laughs> <laughs> the greatest player ever who wouldn't have made a oh my god a twisting that is a sensationalist she headline have, I'm going to ring her now I said Emily Sarah said you wouldn't have made a hape of the difference I just said it wouldn't necessarily have made a difference to Backtrack. the result Backtrack. Let me let, let, give, thanks guys let me give the last word to Sarah Sarah um, you, you were on Scrum 5 last night but <laughs> in, in, a, in a very 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 serious they've um, BBC Wales have, and yeah, uh, have lost the contract thing. to show um uh, the Pro 14 next year. Now, the the BBC Wales, and, and also it's going to affect other regions, but the BBC Wales programmes, Friday nights, Sundays, have become a real big part of the calendar. Um, this, is, this is a huge thing. And it is a huge thing yeah. because there, there's a channel which, to be perfectly honest, I haven't heard of in Ireland, apparently has very few subscribers a- the anywhere. Old Satanta, it? The old Satanta. It's funded by the same guy, I think, who had Satanta, and apparently, yeah. I was told yesterday, you can't, get it if you have bt you have to have a sky yeah, or virgin that's, contract that's yeah, and that's and correct. but also you have to pay for yeah, it yes so you Wales. have to pay for it so yeah. it's just another blow for supporters really to want to watch rugby because they're going to have to pay another subscription deal so yeah. it was actually looking better because all the european rugby was going to bt next season in mm. that it would just be one channel but now the people will still have to pay another channel if they want to watch any Pro the, 14. The only hope is that S4C, the, the Welsh language channel, th- there's still a chance they may get some of the mm. some of the rights so that there may be some terrestrial team. But I mean, if that doesn't work out, I mean, it'll be an absolute calamity for, for Welsh rugby. But, and doesn't say much for the tournament, really, if no one wants to come and take it all on. Yeah, I mean, I suppose there's an argument that 
maybe if people can't watch on TV, they might actually turn up to some of the games. To yeah, watch that is one well, thing I would say. People have moaned about um, yeah. crowds in Welsh rugby for ages, and actually, the fact that everything is on free to air does mean you can sit at home on a Friday night rather yeah. than go to the Arms Park. But I don't. It probably won't make the yeah. same difference. Oh, maybe, maybe if the TV are not showing it, then they'll have the kickoff times when people want to go along exactly. and watch it yeah, at three maybe. o'clock on the Saturday. It makes our deadlines a lot easier as well. Yeah, Oops. but the other TV people will probably dictate. What oh, they, they will. Yeah, play, yeah. Mike, uh, the, the, the sky's input's gone way down in terms of rugby. Mm. So we, no, no, the the the, the, the Pro 14's not on. Not going to be on terrestrial next year. Mm. Is there just the first signs of the rugby boom slowing down now? Well, definitely from a Sky point of view, it appears to be that. It's quite sad, you know, with Sky for many, many years was a great product um, and did a lot to um, improve the way rugby was broadcast and, and, and watched and consumed. Um, there seems to be, um, you know, we haven't got a lot of content from the next few years. Um, Premiership's gone, European Cup's gone, um, Pro 14's gone. Um, you know, it's just it's it's sad, really, that the rugby department seems to be um, dwindling away. Okay, I knew we'd find it difficult to find topics this morning. Um, <laughs> just remember, everybody. First of all, thanks for downloading. Thanks for listening to us. Please react to us, and we will react back to you. And uh, remember, f- to listen to the ruck, you don't need a dish. Well, you can eat off a dish while you're <coughs> listening to it. You don't need a dish. You don't need to pay. The ruck is free. It's weekly, long into the future. We're not subject to trends, and we'll be with you through the end of this Six Nations and for many more to come. Thanks for listening. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.